Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the social index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Naveed Jafari, Director of Marketing Communications at Piernova, and today we talk a good bit about blockchain and its various applications um, and a little education, frankly, on what blockchain is. It's a little bit of a mystery, I think, to many people. Then we talk a little bit about B2B marketing influencers and uh, how uh, Naveed is um, entertaining using influencers in a B2B context, um, which is a little different than what I've been accustomed to hearing about most recently in the B2C world. So it's interesting to see how B2B is actually using influencers as well. And then finally, we take a little stroll down Naveed's personal life. And uh, he has a quite a transformative experience that he shares on the show. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Naveed. Well, Naveed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice. That we're both here in San Francisco at the Brand Marketing Summit. Are you having a fun time so far? I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Well, we are both here and uh, you're going to be speaking tomorrow, I believe. So we'll get a little preview of that here in a few minutes. But I wondered if you could tell listeners a little bit about your background and how you 
what led you to be at Pier Nova? Well, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to speak. Um, I've been doing this stuff for a very long time, so upwards of 16 years, I think. I started with uh, my own agency, and from there I uh, moved to the corporate world, if you will. Yeah. I've run um, global marketing teams in the semiconductor uh, industry and uh, some background in healthcare as well. And uh, about five years ago, roughly, I started at Pier Nova, which is a blockchain application and banking company. Okay. All right. And so it's blockchain. I think probably a lot of listeners, I hope I'm not assuming things here, they probably know a little bit about that blockchain is behind cryptocurrencies at a minimum. But I don't even know if I know what other applications there are out there for blockchains. Well, that's a great question. I have spent uh, most of my time, I think, in the last five years on just the educational aspect of what blockchain is and what it isn't. Uh, (laughs) I think a lot of times uh, folks confuse blockchain with Bitcoin. And so they assume that blockchain as a technology itself is uh, all related to cryptocurrencies. And that certainly isn't the case at all. So blockchain, you know, rather foundationally brings an element element of trust to the database or the ledger that you are building. Now, the way this typically works is that if you, let's say you and I have a transaction together. Now, using a a particular algorithm, like the SHA-256, for instance, we are able to take the data that that this particular transaction contains and essentially turn that into a hash. And that, again, that could be 256 characters letters and numbers, and it's very unique. It's almost like a signature to that transaction that you and I have had, right? So the data that's in that transaction. Now, the next transaction that occurs takes the hash of the transaction that you and I just had and embeds it into it. And so imagine now this happening over and over and over. So what this does is that, first of all, say 100 transactions later, nobody can go back and change the details of the transactions that you and I had, because if you do that, then of course the hash would change. And so it'd be very evident that this something has just changed in that particular data set. And therefore there's an element of trust that blockchain can bring to applications that in my mind has not existed to date. Now, One of the challenges that we have, um, I think as a whole, as an industry, if you will, is that we have to be very careful about the type of trust that we're talking about here. This does not in any way address what we call, for instance, a bad actor type trust situation. Imagine you have a user login to a particular network. Well, if I somehow find those details and log in on your behalf, or perhaps without you knowing at all, as a quote-unquote bad actor, well, no matter what system is behind that, blockchain or not, that's not going to solve any trust challenges. And therefore, I think it is absolutely imperative that as a community, as an industry, we're very, very clear about the type of trust situations that this particularly applies to. Think about blockchain as a a lens, if you will, or or a certain type of visibility to systems that we have this terrible terminology in the industry called trustless, which on the surface, it sounds like a terrible thing. You don't trust anything. (laughs) What it really implies is that I don't need to trust you or any other party to know that this data is correct because of the nature that I described earlier, you're able to take transactions and embed those details into the 
subsequent transactions. And by the way, this is all immutable, meaning I can't go back and erase anything. And therefore, if a detail of our transaction, let's say you and I had a transaction, something needs to change. Well, the only thing I can do is I can append this ledger at the very end and somehow link these two things together. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's almost like... Um digital handshake, if you will. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's the key thing. I think blockchain is, a few years ago, people used to say blockchain is a solution looking for a problem. And I think we've, we've certainly come a long way since then. I think one of my goals in the last year, year and a half has been to do everything I can to manage expectations around what blockchain can and cannot do. One of the things that we've learned at Pier Nova in the last five years is that blockchain on its own is never enough. We operate in the world of finance and so financial markets, as you can imagine, millions of transactions, uh, data and so the volume is very important. The type of infrastructure that you run is also very important. And therefore, we know that, for instance, in order for blockchain to have any value, you need to bring that and you need to couple that with things like cloud technology or things like big data technology in order to be able to actually see benefits of it because scale matters, right? So it's not something that anybody can just take out of the box and all of a sudden they have an application. It's far more complicated than that. Naveed, we're at the summit and you're going to present on the do's and don'ts of B2B marketing influencers. So tell us about that. So influencer marketing has, you know, I think it's interesting, just a few minutes ago, we were in a session and they were talking about the fire Festival, how I think most people, when you say influencer, are thinking Instagram and, and fire Festival, right. right? I think What's key about influencer marketing is that it adds credibility to your brand. Now, how does it do that? I think selecting the right influencer is key there. So knowing, for instance, in my mind, particularly in the B2B uh, type setting, you want to find people that are not just aligned with your brand goals and goals in general. You want to find people that have authority have a certain cachet, if you were, or a clout in that particular niche, in that particular type of an industry or market. Because if they don't have that, then they're not able to add additional trust to what you're trying to do and what you're trying to say. Now, coincidentally, blockchain, as you I'm sure know, has been filled with an, just a plethora of misinformation and incorrect claims. And so to some extent, I really do appreciate the enthusiasm of the early adopters and and not all of us are quote unquote anarchists or want you know <laughs> right. central right. governments to go away or anything like that that's not what blockchain is all about but i think to some extent again because people assume blockchain is cryptocurrency and and some folks in the cryptocurrency world you know have similar type aspirations unfortunately it kind of bucketizes all of us right. in one yeah. but i think what I found to be very challenging is finding influencers for us that can say, you know what, what Piernova is doing, our platform, by the way, is called the Kinuform uh, platform. So what Piernova is doing, what the Kinuform platform is able to do is something very unique. Now, with just about any technology, especially these uh, sort of emerging tech type uh, scenarios, there is a certain hype cycle, right? And so I think we ride that 
to some extent, whether we like it or not. But I think what influencers can bring to the equation is this decoupling of these types of attachments or these kinds of linkages, if you will, with these hype cycles. Because imagine I have a person who is a financial industry expert and, you know, this person has spent, you know, 30, 40 years of their time in major financial institution. Well, when they come out and say, you know what, I really do think that blockchain can add value to what we're doing today. That adds an element of trust that as a marketer, I'm not able to probably gain any other way. And I think that's why it's so critical to use influencer type approaches to help customers move along that customer journey. In the B2B world, and I'm dating myself here because it's been a while, but you always heard of the Gartners and the Foresters, right, as third-party influencers and endorsers or analysts. But it sounds like the influencers, in some respects that you're talking about, it goes well well beyond that to individuals in industry that you're trying, the vertical industries that you're trying to go after. It certainly can, right? And, And to me, I think what's key is that an influencer doesn't have to be a person. An influencer can be a brand itself. I think you, if you think about how best to reach your customers, and let's say they already have a certain trust built with another entity or another person, that's the kind of handholding I think that they can offer that you may not be able to get any other way. And so, you know, so, you're right. I think the gardeners of the world, the CBN sites, they're, they're phenomenal companies and they add a tremendous amount of value to what we do. But I would hate for people to think that that's the only type of influencer type approach they can go after. Where do you, uh, you don't have to name names, but like, where do you find the influencers that you're looking at in the B2B world? Well, that's a, that's a very, that's a very good question. To be honest, I think that's the toughest thing because a lot of financial institutions, when it comes to blockchain, they have, uh, today they have um, sort of these innovation centers, if you will, that they have some really, really smart people looking into what can we really do with this, right? I mean, on the surface, it sounds wonderful that you can have this trustless system. Again, there's my terminology, but how do we actually make this work? How do we make this a real thing. And so for me, I think going after folks like that, going after folks that are really actually in the trenches trying to figure out how do I actually make this work? How do I put this into something useful is important for us. But also, I think there are people that they're members of the press, for instance, that are genuinely working hard to make sure that the right information is disseminated and the right information is highlighted. And so it's important for me to make sure that I understand where they're coming from and maybe even to some extent, help contribute some content. And I think there's an educational element that's very key here. Um, Unfortunately, we've sort of stepped away from, again, in the previous session, we were talking about post-truth and all kinds of new type terminology that uh, is quite interesting. But I think we have to make sure that if we're bringing this credibility element to our marketing, that it's there for a reason. And it's not just for my brand, it's for the industry as a whole. Yeah. I know probably more on the consumer side, you've got the top influencers, right? They have millions of followers that we all hear about, unfortunately, in many cases. Um, and, you know, brands are paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases. So you've got micro influencers that are doing it kind of for free product or 
um, you know, insider experiences, if you will. Um, I think Target's done a lot of, a lot in that regard. What does it look like on the B2B side? Like how do, how do you engage with them and what does a relationship look like? So I think it really depends, right? So if let's take an example of a software company, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be us. It could be just anybody, right? So imagine that you uh, want to have a particular target audience to interact with your demo, right? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, if that target audience is already comfortable with, say, a publication or a type of or a particular person who writes a lot about the topic that you're interested in, well, reach out to them and have a conversation. See if they're interested in, in being a partner or being a, a part of your sales outreach or marketing outreach, for that matter. And um, again, I, you know, we don't go to Instagram for those kinds of things. We try to find people. And it's been very difficult. We have, uh, for instance, a couple of key influencers that I can think of for our company that are very key are, for instance, members of our board, right? So these are people that have a tremendous amount of business acumen and experience, and they understand wholeheartedly what blockchain can and cannot do. And so we recently launched a, launched a podcast a couple of weeks back. And of course, we're not What's the name the, of it? It's a chain in the valley. So okay. please do check it out. Yeah. I appreciate that. We'll get the Allen bump. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. But I think it's really important. We want to have conversations that are easy to understand, conversations that anybody and everybody can dial into and say, you know, you know what? I walked away from that thinking, I, maybe I understand something a little bit more now, right? It doesn't have to be technical. We try our best not to be technical. But we have these folks and members of our board who's who come to our podcast. We talked to uh, just a couple weeks, uh, a couple months ago, rather, we talked to highly, highly uh, capable, intelligent folks at Microsoft who are working with blockchain and Azure. We think that what they bring to the table with their thought processes around what blockchain can and cannot do is very valuable. And so we do the best that we can to work with them and try to come up with some kind of a resonating message that we can all share. That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, I mean, so board members make sense um, and there's a natural relationship there. Um, both benefits them as well. Are you able to build relationships where it's just mutual? Like, you know, like uh, it's more of a partnership almost because you're both benefiting. From yeah. That. So um, recently we joined uh, a group called the Hyperledger uh, group, which is sort of, again, it's uh, sort of a like um, industry uh, standard. Uh, type. That's group. right. Yeah. So these guys are phenomenal, right? So they are a child, if you will, of the Linux foundation. And so they, are making blockchain a lot more accessible. And so we have, at Piernova, we have many, many partnerships with industry affiliates. But I think there are certain key 
people within these organizations that really all day long, what they're trying to do is make sure that people truly understand the technology, truly understand what the values are. And so for us, it really is an honor to sit down with them. But they also walk away thinking that, you know what, Pier Novo is doing something very valuable. And I want to be a part of that the same way that I want them to be a part of my podcast or I want them to be part of my marketing efforts. It's a symbiotic relationship. And so I think it, it would have to be, I think. Are there, um, you know, keen off of your your uh, session title tomorrow, the do's and don'ts, are there any don'ts that you, <laughs> you, you, should, you should you caution people about? You know, I think when you work with influencers, it uh, you, maybe one of the key don'ts would be don't micromanage them. I think once you do your homework and you find the right influencer, just keep in mind that you found them because they've done a great job of, you know, making themselves visible. And so don't try try to micromanage like you would do with it, you know, and not that we all micromanage our teams, but don't try to have that type of a relationship with them. Collaborate with them, sit down with them, try to figure out what can we both do that's beneficial. And the other thing is, I think is very, very key is, uh, now we don't do this, we don't really have any people that write blog posts or anything like that for us at all, but hear this often where people say, you know, if I work with someone else, do I need to say that I work with them or something like that? Sort of the disclosure (laughs) side of things. I think, you know, truth in advertising is such a key thing. And if If your audience ever found out that you were working with someone and they didn't know about it, I think you you could almost irreparably lose trust. And then you have much, much bigger problems than you (laughs) had to begin with. So if you work with an influencer, make sure that that relationship is very visible. That I think it says something about you as a brand and it also says something about the influencer. That look, this is a partnership. There is nothing wrong with people getting paid for what they know and what they can do. There's nothing wrong with you. You do that every day. But what I don't understand is why people hesitate to almost uh, make it so obvious. I think people want to know. No, I agree. I agree. And for anybody out there that wants to, an influencer that's a podcaster about marketing, please contact me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's my pitch for today. No, but so switching gears a little bit, because I do love to get to know the person behind the mic, so to speak. Is there an experience in your past that defines who you are today? Yeah. You're going to make me emotional now. So I'm a double cancer survivor. Oh, wow. And I get up every day thinking about the fact that I'm on borrowed time. And I spend every single day making sure that that day is well spent. And I've always been very conscious about my time here. I've always been, you know, aware of what I do on a given day and all that. But I think it's a completely new level. So for me, it's probably the most important part of element of my happiness, if you will, to know that I'm doing the best that I can. I'm encouraging my team and encouraging my family, encouraging people around me. And I share this because I'm, I'm pretty much an open book about my health experience only because I think it's important that people look and see that you can go through hell and you can still have a smile on your face. You can still get up every day and give it 110%. And there's something very powerful about having an experience like that and still keeping your head up high. And so I genuinely, I'm a happier person today before I was compared to before I was diagnosed. So that should say a lot. Yeah. Well, you hear stories, and thank you for sharing that, by the way. Thank you. You know, you hear stories of people that have gone through something like that, and there is this awakening of what's important to you and, um, you know, what life is you know, meant to be. And I wish there was a way that we all could 
wake up and do that ourselves, you know, without the the need to go through some traumatic experience. I think it's about knowledge transfer, right? right. It's so difficult to transfer an emotional piece of knowledge, if you will, to that extent to someone else. But I don't lecture people, I don't pontificate on my experience or anything like that. But it is very important to me that people know that I'm happy. Because I think the moment people hear that, oh, you have a cancer, oh, you, oh, poor you, that's not it at all. <laughs> it's, it's, if anything, look, I'm happier, stronger, and living a great life. Are you in remission now? Yes. You look healthy and, oh, and, and vibrant. So uh, you'll, <laughs> I um, congrats. That. I am. Thank that. you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, what advice would you give your younger self if you were starting over? <sighs> have no fear. Honestly, I think that we limit ourselves more than anybody else ever does. And I think we live in our heads far more than we should. We tend to catastrophize things. We tend to make things far worse than they really are in reality. And, uh, you know, I, the week before I was diagnosed, I was worried about the silliest thing in life. And, you know, three days later, I've got chemo hooked up to my veins and the whole world disappears. And you realize that, wow, I can't believe I never thought this was coming up, right? right? And right. so makes you wonder how much time you've wasted worrying about things that never came true, wasted so much time worrying about things that you couldn't control. And so have no fear. If you really want to do something, go do it. Find a way. I, one of my favorite quotes in life is from Nietzsche that says, one who has a, a why will deal with almost anyhow. And I'm sure I'm butchering it somehow, <laughs> but that's the gist of it. Wow, that's amazing. Well, what fuels you? What keeps you going now? My family. Yeah. Um, I have two amazing kids. I've been married for about 19 years now to the most amazing woman. And uh, I think it's it's so crucial to, I, I genuinely, the best part of my day every day, as much as I love my job, I love my team, I love the company I work for, best part of my day is going home and hanging out with my kids and my family. And that's truly the most important thing in my life. That's great. Are there brands or companies that you follow or you think other people should take notice of? So, you know, you've heard the, the saying content is king, right? Um, somebody once said, if content is king, then design is, ca- is the castle or something along those lines, right? So what really, I, I don't know if there's a, a single company that I like. I love brands that are refined, that take the time to make things look sharp. I think it says something about you. It says something about your brand. Quality absolutely matters. One of the things we've done at Pier Novo is we've almost, uh, for lack of a better term, invented a visual language for blockchain that we use in our presentations and we use in our collateral because it's so important that people have a visual representation of what it is that you're talking about. So in order to do that, you spend a lot of time tweaking things. Uh, You know, is this too big? Is this too small? Is this color right? But ultimately, it all matters. So any brand that spends that much time, I love the Googles of the world. I I think I look at, I'm fascinated by just the extent of, I look at the material design stuff that they have, for example, regularly. I'm one of those guys, I'm very hands-on. So I develop web. I I do a lot of things because I not only love it, but that's because that's where I started from. So um, to me, it's, uh, it's really exciting to see what people are up to, what they're building and how they build their pages, how you know, new technology on their sites and stuff like that. So 
All of it. That's great. Last question. What do you think the future of marketing is going to be like? You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people use a lot of marketing jargon. And I think the reason why it bothers me is because the fundamentals of marketing are still the same, will always be the same. And I think it's sexy to say marketing needs to be authentic or something like that. The truth is, why wouldn't it be? Or why shouldn't it be, right? I mean, it's almost like... It's as obvious as saying I need to drink water when I'm thirsty. Of course it has to be authentic. If, if it's not, it's not it, you shouldn't be doing it like that. So I think the future of marketing, I hope, is all about fundamentals. And we get, you know, we live in the valley, right? Every other company is, quote unquote, revolutionizing something or right. today it's disruptive, right? <laughs> yeah. I jokingly say there are three things that make my eye twitch. One is the Frozen song because my kids used to it all the time. And the other thing is when people say, I'm doing something revolutionary. Don't say that. If you're doing something valuable, then say that. Say, I am solving one of your problems. And I think the sooner we get away from these buzzwords, these ways of, you know, these quote unquote hacks and things like that, and really just focus on what works and what doesn't and be honest about, look, I'm trying to sell you something. And if you're not my target audience, if you're not interested, that's okay. But I'm not going to trick you. I'm not going to use some jargon to try to get you to buy something from me. So I hope that's where the future is. But I'm only one person at the end of the day. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, one word that I, I'm taking away throughout this entire conversation is trust. And yeah. this gets to trust in marketing. Absolutely. Too, right? That's great. Well, Naveed, thank you so much for coming on the show. Alan, it's been a pleasure. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today.